Welcome to your weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only surviving, but thriving with the cosmic tides. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. It is so, so great to be here with all of you for our weekly weather. And today we have a very, very special guest, medical and vocational astrologer, Judith Hill. Judith is a legend in the astrological field, and we're just so honored and grateful to have you here with us, Judith. She's the founder of the Academy for Astrological Medicine. So any of you that are interested in the body and how astrology can help us make those connections between astrology and how the planets are impacting your body and your health and your well-being. Judith is pretty much the uh, single most mm, experienced, renowned, and prolific astrologers alive today. I mean, Judith, am I, am I exaggerating or, I mean, that to me seems like absolutely true. So we're just grateful to have you here, Judith. Thank you for joining us. Well, I'm, I'm very appreciative of being able to be here as well. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah. All right. So I know that there is one big transit of the week that you want us to be paying attention to, or one big astrological event So can we start there? And would you say that whatever that event is, is actually encompassing the theme for the whole week? You know, if we were going to boil it down to a theme. Well, it could. We're building up to it and then it happens. (laughs) Okay. So what what, we have to understand the concept of an ingress. And an ingress is when a planet changes signs. And when Mars changes signs, it's the most noticeable of all. People always notice that immediately. Mercury changing signs is pretty noticeable too, but not as dramatic. They are changing signs within half an hour of each other on July 3rd, late in the evening Pacific coast. So July influencing the big holiday in America, of course, July 4th. Now they're moving together. The first thing they're doing on July 3rd is they're on the anoretic degree, which is kind of a wild degree. It does the sign it's into the hilt and gets ready and is sort of trying to get into the other sign too. It does both extremes. And, but when Mars particularly is at the very end of the fire sign, it kind of goes crazy. So Mars is in the last degree of Aries. Mars makes is hot and dry. It makes energy rise up toward the brain. So we have hot heads with people. It influences your muscles and your adrenal glands. It raises testosterone. It's been in Aries for a few weeks now. So it makes um, all this intense energy. Now, Mercury is in the end of Gemini, which rolls your nerves. So they're, they're very speedy. People are very awake, wanting to do things, wanting to chat, wanting to connect like mad. And it's a little bit explosive too and wild. And then all of a sudden, boom, they suddenly go into quiet, focused, what we call female signs or the yin signs, if you don't like gender. But we have our traditions, <laughs> our language tradition. And so all of a sudden, Mars goes, Hits the earth plane, Taurus, back to business. Why is this so difficult for Mars? Mars rules energy coming up and out. It rules excretions, getting toxins out of your body. It also rules your metabolism. It suddenly goes into a sign that hoards toxins. 
doesn't want to release them. That's the meaning medically of the uh, the detriment of Mars is in Taurus. Mars is very strong in Taurus. His own North Node is there. Mars and Taurus people have no problem with their Mars, but they do tend to get things like boils and tonsillitis and, you know, ear, nose, throat, all kinds of stuff. But this is also going to influence people in a very good way. Mercury goes into Cancer at the same time. These are medical planets. This is great. They love all small focus. It's the opposite of Gemini and Aries. They like small focus. This is great for canning, baking, uh, fixing the garden, property, doing your accounting, uh, looking at slides. And, you know, for little tiny needlework, you know, people who make clothes, people who do tattoos, though the skin may be very sensitive on that day, first few days of it. It makes the hearing more sensitive. People will go from wanting all those firecrackers to wanting absolute peace. Now, folks, be careful of your pets because as planets, especially Mars rules dogs, Mercury rules small dogs, birds, and little cats. Venus is also cats. As they are in these signs, changing signs, and even a few days before, animals will tend to be more likely to get lost. So, you know, this is such an important thing. Now, related to hoarding, Mars and Taurus will produce more hoarding. And we often see a change in the stock market the day Mars changes signs. I don't know if this will work from Aries to Taurus. I notice it more when Mars enters fire signs. It always works. So you want to uh, be alert to this potential. And also, but it is back to business. And your people, metabolism slows down too, a little bit. So it's not as good for losing weight as was Mars and Aries until then. So, but there is, there are some other aspects earlier in the week that are quite interesting. May I ask you a few questions about everything that you just said? Sure. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> okay. So we basically have two planets moving, uh, changing signs mm-hmm. at essentially the same time. I mean, I know there's yeah. a little bit of a stagger. Yeah. And yeah. this is unique, correct? Yes, you rarely see two of the smaller planets like this go having their ingresses literally within, oh, it's within 20 minutes of each other. 20 wow. 11.04 p.m. Pacific time for Mars, 11.25 p.m. for Mercury. Okay. So amazing. So they're at the same time, they're at anoretic degrees, which is the last degree of the sign that they were in. Yes. And they're going to be moving into a new sign at the same time. You said that when they're at that final degree, they're kind of like a foot in both worlds and yeah. that they're, that it, but it's extreme. There's like an extreme energy around this, right? They go to extremes. They will go to extremes and, or they want just complete freedom or they want to do something intense. And at the same time, they're feeling the other sign coming. So the double, so the ingress has a double effect. Why? First of all, Mars and Mercury together stimulate each other. And, and both they work together, they stimulate. So first they're in highly stimulating signs that are more physical and outgoing. Then all of a sudden they just go thud. <laughs> they together go into calmer, focused, let's get practical signs mm. all of a sudden. So this will be very interesting to watch in the news. We will feel it. I bet every one of you out there will feel a change in yourself by the morning or afternoon of July 4th, definitely depending on where you live. Okay. So Judith, I I often have this question. 
When the energy is, like you're saying, it's kind of a hot-headed extreme, there may be like this desire for freedom. It kind of reminds me of like the bachelor or bachelorette party before a wedding. It's like, you know, you're getting married the next day. So like things are going to be changing, but then people can go to extremes at that party, right? So my question is, are we, is it wise to flow with the energy to kind of like indulge it? Or is it better to restrain it? Or is it just the awareness of the tendency to, you know, maybe push it too far? Well, I I wouldn't wake up in bed next to a stranger on July 4th and wonder what happened. Um, (laughs) Okay, so that that is a possibility and be careful. (laughs) Or, yeah, or propose to somebody and then go, oh, my God, I don't feel it anymore. What you're going to, you're going to have a very strong, most people, a shift in their minds and their bodies, and their adrenal glands, and it'll go from very high to suddenly lower, very quickly, Mm. and it's Mm. doubled. So most of us will feel this in some way. And so I wouldn't make any major decisions or big purchases on the, the, you know, between the second, third, fourth, because you may regret it. There may be some, uh, you know, fire sales, selling off stuff. Now, should you go with the energy? You can enjoy it completely as long as you you, you don't get uh, wildly drunk and lose your common sense because the next morning you're going to have uh, Mars suddenly, like if you drink a lot, well, Mars is an Aries which can handle it. And all of a sudden, and get yourself dehydrated, and all of a sudden, Mars goes into Taurus where you don't excrete very quickly. You could have a, the most worst hangover of your life. So you need to monitor this carefully. You're going a big spending spree and the very next day, uh, there's a stock adjustment. Whoops. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. hope it'll be a good stock adjustment. I have funny stories about that. Okay. This is really, really helpful. Thank you. I just wanted to make sure that I, I was understanding the energy and the shift and how that's going to feel and kind of gr- things that are encouraged and a good idea, but then also things to be aware of. So that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, you know, dance party and then be prepared to settle down on the fourth and get back to business. It also could be good for anybody that it seems like it, it because it's such a, a passing tide, you know, it's going to be sort of an extreme passing tide. But yeah. anybody that's in some an extreme situation, maybe an argument with someone or maybe, you know, some sort of tense situation, it's like, okay, this too shall pass. This is temporary. We're at like the height of this, the peak of this energy. And things are going to calm down. So can I just like breathe my way through it and yeah. we'll be in a different place tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. If somebody's if somebody's gets very angry on the anoretic degree, they'll usually cool off by the next day or two rather mm-hmm. suddenly or things will change. Yeah. So it's a big okay. change point and it's double normal because of the double ingress and the stimulus of Mars and Mercury. So I know that's the one that the biggest thing of the week is, is that double ingress Yes. But there's also some other things to be aware of, right? So let's let's talk about some of those things as well. Yes, the ingress is bringing in Mars and Taurus. And so we have some other things. We have our quarter moon. We'll be talking about Mars and Taurus again, but we have our quarter moon coming up on Wednesday the 6th at 6.13, uh, excuse me, 7.14 p.m. Pacific time. Now, this particular this, this is a quarter moon that happens every year, uh, often. So between uh, moon is in Libra, sun is in Cancer. And these two signs together stimulate the pituitary gland. And they make people more hormonal. 
and they make things swell a little bit and they make people have more, women have more difficult time with their menstrual flow. Sometimes relationships can get touchy or needy. These are very uh, active, active um, cardinal, meaning energy is happening. Uh, People are more wanting to decide things, discuss things, process things, but it's much better to wait till the evening of Wednesday, the 6th. Why is that? People are touchy and hormonal in the first part of the day. The moon will be a lovely Libra trining Venus in the evening at 10.54 p.m. Pacific time. This is perfect for diplomacy, having a lovely tea with people. Um, people will feel like sitting together and having dinner or cuddling in front of the TV or just talking with a neighbor or walking in the evening. It's a very lovely aspect. Much better time to have your hair done, but it's in the way too late at night for most people. That's something to remember. And so we have a lot of uh, little aspects, but I we can go back over them. But one of the more important ones was coming up on the 8th and 9th. The moon will go into Scorpio. And when she's a Scorpio, she's opposing Scorpio's ruler Mars. So now we have a Scorpio Taurus emphasis. And So the moon will oppose Mars, 2.06 in the morning Pacific time. And luckily, you'll be sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) That bad, huh? (laughs) Well, uh, this one, one, it can produce problems with excretions in the body if you have them, like boils or acne. So this one, or, you know, men can have their prostrates act up. This is one when you you want to gently assist the excretory system. Laxatives will work double strong on Scorpio moons. This is a fact. <laughs> and so you want to, you know, be a little careful with things like that. This one also puts a big influence on, of course, the economy, because we already have the nodes in these signs. We have Saturn squaring them. So when Mars and, and Saturn, both malefics and the nodes and the eclipse is going through, and now the moon is joining. So we have, you know, we, we're going to see, you know, eighth and ninth are days we could see some economic adjustments in the world. There's a big emphasis on money. The Scorpio moon, though, is wonderful for cooking and herbology, loves to do chemistry experiments with the herbs and tinctures. And, and uh, I teach all about that on my, at my academy. And um, there'll be some tendency for mental. Uh, expansion and extremes uh, around the evening of Friday the 8th, 11, 14 p.m. Of course, this is also the 8th. 8th is a very Scorpio number. And so but when Mercury squares Jupiter, it's great for ideas. If you're a creator, you need a, a really good idea. It's very motivated with ideas. It's also a rather emotional thinking aspect. It's not particularly good for uh, common sense. It's better for creation. It's good for speakers, but it's but it's again not the best common sense. Now on the ninth, we have all kinds of aspects. We have um, the moon and sun trining in water sign. Very nice water aspect. And so water aspects are good for staying home, watching movies. They're sexy. Now also the moon will be near the south node. This is very, very important. They never put it into these guides. I do not know why. The South Node is the do-nothing day. 
Remember that song, Turn Down Day? It's a turn down day. Nothing on my mind. Almost anything you try to do when the moon's on the south node doesn't come to much fruition unless you want to sleep or rest or do spiritual work. I often take that day just to relax. Hmm. These are sexy uh, <laughs> Scorpio and the sun uh, in water signs. They're good for hydrating. They're usually a little bit wetter in the summer for a day. And, but I would not, if you do not have to, start any major projects or have any, any, in, any voluntary medical procedures or hormonal programs or anything begun on that day. It's not usually very good. And the moon will also be opposing Uranus. Now, Uranus influences our thyroid gland, which influences our metabolism. It produces extremes. So this is a very emotional time. People are emotional and their Scorpio loves those intense political issues. So that aspect is at 5.34 a.m. on the 9th. Now, moon squares Saturn at 4.04 p.m. on the 9th. So, you know, this is very fraught politically. No time to try to convince the family to your viewpoint. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> Remember that? Can't, can't uh, convince people who are irrational. What, what was that strange statement? I know both sides can use that. But moon square Saturn often makes a frustration. So not only is it right on its south node within hours of that, but it's squaring Saturn. Good time to do pensive thinking, research, but not try to do anything that's going to be, you think you're going to make a lot of money out of. You can do things to help your society or further, you know, it, south node always means you aren't going to gain, but you can do for the good of others. Energy is going out, not in, going uh, spirit, inward spiritual, not worldly. If you meet any particular frustrations that afternoon, they're usually pretty fixed. In other words, don't, don't keep pulling and try to get, you know, try to get your hand out of the cookie jar. Better to let the muddy water clear at its own rate. You know, if you stir it with a stick, you know, you're just going to meet a very um, obdurate forces. If you get in a issue with an authority or the city over something, just you have to wait it out. So that is not my favorite day. Later in the evening, are we still on the ninth, Judith? We're still on the ninth. Yeah. Okay. Still on the ninth. So I would say the eighth and the ninth are good for uh, taking it easy, doing things around your home, sleeping, resting, playing with uh, herbal products on the eighth, not the ninth. You don't want that south node for making herbal products. You know, deep thinking, spirituality, transformation, but nothing worldly productive, particularly, especially coming into the night. So kind of and, more the the yin things you were saying before, a little more yin energy, not so much yang, like forward pushing outward energy. Yeah? Yes. Yes, very much so. And normally, normally the eighth and ninth would be some of our best healing dates because Scorpio's the great healer of the zodiac. There's mm -hmm. a reason we have the Ouroboros, the number eight, related to the sign Scorpio, the eighth sign. Scorpio rules compost heaps. It rules regeneration. It actually rules um, all the excretions that leave your body and that go back into the earth to regenerate. But because right now, this year, the South Node is in Scorpio, this isn't as useful for doing uh, medical treatments, except if you want to get rid of something. If you want to eradicate insects, this is your perfect time. 
the the eighth and ninth. Eighth and ninth. It's okay. good for a, if you want to get rid of something and never see it again. Take all the old photographs and burn them. You know, cut off. South Node is where you is the toilet bowl of the zodiac. It's one <laughs> of the uses. <laughs> you know, everything has a use, and the South Node has a use too, and that's where things go out. Mm. So that's why you don't start something that you want to take hold. Like a bit, you don't start a business on these days. Right. You don't get married on these days, but you do. Uh, it, they're okay for helping the body get rid of uh, excretions, but it'll work overtime. Again, if you want to have your high colonics on this day, take it a little easy. Wow, so these are good for getting rid of parasites, getting rid of psychic parasites. Do not fool around with psychic uh, with entities at this time. If you why, are, why would you say that? Because the south node is the most vulnerable point. So the moon is there for everybody. Now, if you happen to be a person that this is landing right on your Neptune or your Mercury or your moon, you might be way too open to a psychic mistake getting getting too open just on these days, particularly the ninth, though I'm including the eighth because of the moon opposed Mars. Because and, of the moon opposing Mars, yeah, uh, which is a little in the morning there at 7.06 a.m. So I'd be a little careful. Now, if you were a powerful triple, you know, like a really powerful person who did exorcisms and you really weren't a very vulnerable person, these are days you're going to probably be asked to do such things mm. and they'll probably be extra effective because things can leave, but you'd have to really know what you were doing. I tend to like to not to mess with the South Node. But I found it absolutely wonderful for just, uh, you close the blinds, you lie down in bed, and you stay there all day with your favorite music and have complete convalescence from the e-world and your life. And they're wonderful days for that, if the world allows it, mm. which it usually doesn't. But you're in Hawaii. And, <laughs> and I, I want to tell everybody, I, I wore my, my Hawaii shell necklace just for uh, uh, Amanda here. It's and, so uh, cute, Judith. Thank you. <laughs> I love that you did. That. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So this is this is already just a wealth of information. And I don't know about all of you, but anytime Judith is speaking, I'm like, wow. How do you know that? And how do we know this? And why are you saying that? I mean, it's it's incredible the wealth of information, and just all the the correlations and the correspondences and the interpretations. It, it's it's really fascinating to listen to it applied to our body. And, you know, some of the things that we often talk about from a little bit more of a, I want to say like a psychological perspective, a lot of the times in astrology, or at least with the astrologers we have on this show, to hear it applied to the body with the same qualities. You know, it's it's releasing, it's it's inflamed, it's but then apply it to the body itself and in and, and the functions of the body is just fascinating. I mean, I just, I love it. And every time you're speaking to him, like how, how could we not all just want to study with you forever? Like, it's just fascinating. And I know you've been doing this a very, very long time, but it's, it's really amazing that you're teaching people this. It seems like an ancient, it's ancient understanding that has been lost that could alleviate so much suffering and sort of like pushing against the energy versus really utilizing it. Yes. Everything. Mental, emotional benefit. Yeah, that's so true, Amanda. 
And every single aspect has a positive and negative use. Something it's even the worst aspects that we think are so bad, you can find a good use for them. And of course, today we're talking about general, everybody's chart so particular. But you brought up something very important. This way, the way of viewing the aspects is temperature, moisture, and speed or tense and relaxed is the most ancient way of viewing them. And the medical astrology was one of the very first uses ever of astrology. But the cosmic rays have these temperatures and moisture level, and they come down, they influence us, they come in you know, through the chakras and the body, and they influence us, uh, our glands, testosterone and our thyroid and our pituitary. And so they influence us psychologically, emotionally, spiritually and also physically sometimes very subtly and sometimes not so very subtly depending on your day your chart so i always see the whole thing and this provides any astrologer an enormous asset it's like it's like having the key to the kingdom and all of a sudden you can use it i also use it vocationally but you can use it in any way and you can then help mitigate if a person is getting an excess or deficiency. Are you getting too much Mars, too little Mars? We've all been getting too much Mars, and we still are until it goes into Taurus on the third. And uh, I think everybody could can feel that. Like there's been yeah. an over excess of Mars. It's like, yay for Mars and Taurus, but definitely. Well, what, what's so funny on, on my last program, um, I had Mars was about to go into Aries. The and last program... Uh, on my on my on my little medical forecast oh got it yep and, and i put my hands over my eyes and i said mars is about to have an ingress into aries and i said i hate to see what this will do because it's going to raise male testosterone levels and adrenaline i said just be careful and i went like this within two hours of that the great american shooting spree began mm. and then of course our weather's been getting so hot and mm. the world's gone crazy so, you know, not that Taurus, Taurus has its other sides, but, you know, the, the wild, crazy stuff we really saw, and you see it in drivers and people's frustration levels, the, 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 the heat rising to the brain, increasing the adrenal reactions. Have, has your own temper been a little shorter? Have you felt more dehydrated? Because it dehydrates, you need more water. Has uh, is testosterone seeming a little high lately? I've noticed people more tense and a little more rude just in the neighborhood ever since Mars went into Aries. Now, it could have worked out that they all became more creative and athletic mm. and great leaders. And um, it's a fantastic for inventing. It's wonderful for speakers. It's great for dancers and musicians. That probably happened, too. But, you know, we are no the news always sees the negative, you know. What I love about what you just said, though, Judith, is that there's always, especially for those of us who are aware of the spectrum of a particular energy, we can choose, you know, we can say, all right, I can either go this way or I can go that way. Here's the, here's all the different ways that this energy can express. And I, I have a choice point. And that's just one of the most beautiful things about astrology and working with people like you who can really give us that spectrum, you know, of possibility. 
well, why else do astrology if you <laughs> do something about it? That's why, like, why I find your program so beneficial because you know, you know like when I I did the uh, was it the monthly, the whole month, the guide is the inner people, circle. Yeah, yes. showing people how it works and move, and you know what you can do with it. What is this good for? What are pieces of music that will augment this? Or you know, everything is related by vibration. So. You know, I, I made full use of the, the Mars and Aries. I actually had a great time, even though I, I wasn't feeling so well. I, I caught a bug, but I did some of my most creative work because it stimulates the brain. Many of our greatest thinkers and speakers and pioneers are Aries, but now it's going to go into Taurus. And, you know, so it's good for uh, digging in the garden, getting your finances more tight. Uh, it's, it's more retentive. And it wants to now build, do something in the physical world with all this creative energy. I so, love it. And how long, how long does Mars stay in a sign? Well, it varies. It's normally about two and a half months. But it's when it gets in Gemini, it's going to be there, I think, six or nine months. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say the most important, you know, I wish, I wish, I wish that Amanda had given me the first week of August, because that's the one where I feel uh, we're going to have Mars. I'll just give you a tip off. Mars on good him. yeah give us a little foreshadowing I call Mars a him because I, I like it better than it Mars is going to be on his own north node and the lunar north node at the same time so the north node is where you receive we are all going to receive a double triple dollop of Mars force at that time what are we going to do with it so if you want to build your muscles it's fantastic uh, but that is a very, very, very Marsy aspect of it. But, you know, I'm just going to give you a little heads up about it. Double node Mars. Maybe one of your other speakers can handle that. When is that actually happening? What are the dates? It looks like it's um, probably going to be right. Oh, my. Look at that. Come in a little on the 31st through the 3rd. But then the moon in Scorpio will continue. I'd say the 31st of July. Through the 5th, 6th of August, we're going to feel that real good. But it may continue another two weeks past that. Okay. Oh, another two weeks past it. Okay. You, you muscle builders out there will, will really uh, like that one because it builds muscles like crazy. Taurus does build. It's the builder. So it's very good for building. And yeah, but I'm, I'm not going to tip us off further on that one. Okay. That's the one I really wanted to talk about. I thought... Darn it. Got the wrong week. No, it's, this is a perfect week. <laughs> and, uh, perfect. Judith. Okay. So we've done the eighth and ninth. We've, we spent a little bit of time. We haven't really talked too much about the 10th, which is going to be. Oh yeah. Okay. So the 10th. Yeah. Well, how interesting. The 10th, it's not, it doesn't seem that we have an odd, a really uh, sort of an odd aspect. Just looking here. I hadn't I hadn't worked it up for us, but what we do have is a moon in Sagittarius, and moon in Sagittarius will be trining Jupiter, so that is nice. Okay, um, the best part of the day. Okay, what's happening in the early morning? Moon will quincunx Mars at seven forty four a.m. That when moon is in Sag, people want to go running, just for that they want to have fun. Their energy is moving outward, or they want to. They also love knowledge. They love knowledge. They love, they want to travel. You know, they, they, they want some freedom. And, but a quincunx to Mars means, oops, they've got something they must do 
in the practical world, or I can't do that. I don't have enough money, or I don't have gas, or mm. you know, I can't afford the gas. So that goes on in the morning. Uh, so it's better to you have this wonderful wise moon and Sag trine Jupiter and Aries. So good, three o two p.m. Pacific time, because Jupiter rules Sag, and they're both in fire signs, and Jupiter is does also very very well. Uh, it's one of the rulers of the fire triplicity, the nighttime ruler of the fire triplicity, interestingly. So this is an opportunistic little wave that goes through. So if you want to ask somebody for a favor, if you want to go get some exercise, now it's in fire signs. So fire signs enliven and Sag rules the arterial system. So enlivens the blood pressure. So Jupiter's in Aries. Jupiter, again, has been an area. It will remain emphasizing the head. That's why when Mars and Jupiter and Aries together as they are right now until the third, it's super Aries. But this is nice for um, expansiveness, joy, laughter. This is a very funny one. Sag loves to laugh. Jupiter loves to laugh, going to a comedy club. This is nice for publishing, for publicity, for promotion of all kinds, advertising, really good, bringing out something that's like something with color color and movement, a new video, this will grab people uh, a little more than on an average day. Mm -hmm. The results will be a little more successful for you if you're putting out a product on the web or you want to launch um, any kind of visual product, new TV series. Some, of course, you know, set. we have to look at the larger picture. Saturn is still retrograde and we can't talk about that on a weekly thing, but Saturn will keep the whole, everything a little slower and held back especially with real estate for until Saturn goes direct. And when does Saturn go direct? I think it's late October. Let's take a look. Um, that's right. October 22nd, 23rd, uh, stationary for Saturn and begins to move slowly forward. And Jupiter is still retrograde. So we have a period, folks, of both Saturn and Jupiter retrograde that will start at the end of this month. And, and that will go several months where they're both retrograde, meaning large projects better go into review or, you know, the real estate market, the economy may be very slowed down at this point. So when both our chronocrats, our keepers of time, our bureaucrats of the sky, Jupiter and Saturn are retrograde together, we have to keep our eye on that. But so these things are going on, but still we have this rather nice brief aspect you can make use of on Sunday the 10th, and we also have a stimulus going on same day. The sun is sextile Uranus way early in the morning that day, uh, just minutes after the moon enters Sag, Sunday the 10th at 1.34 a.m. It's also the day of the sun, which is fiery, and the sun will sextile Uranus at 1.39 a.m. So that's a little stimulating for people. Uh, you know, new ideas, let's do something. But there's still that problem with Mars in the morning. So if you're thinking of a big drive to the beach and you're worried about traffic, wait till that about an hour or two at least past that moon, Sag, Quincunx, Mars, and Taurus at 7.44 a.m. Because it means some kind of little log jam or, or you really do have to take care of business before you leave. The afternoon's nice and clear. Uh, should be, you know, for most people. And uh, it's a mentally weird evening. I could say one more thing. Uh, moon in Sag, Quincunx, Mercury in Cancer at 9.29 p.m. 
the books are finally including quincunxes. That means the, the emotional nature is stimulated and wants to move or go outside and have some fun. And the mental nature is sensitive and reticent and the hearing is sensitive. Mercury and cancel and would rather journal. So they're a little bit at cross purposes and it could work out in something like you really want to go walking and your spouse wants to journal. <laughs> you know, it could work out or your dog is pestering you and really wants to go and you have to do the accounting. So that's in the, the late night there. Probably not much of a problem uh, if you're in bed. <laughs> so. so can I ask a couple more questions, Judith? My pleasure, Amanda. Because I don't know that everybody realizes that astrology can help with certain things that you've brought up. I mean, obviously you brought up a lot about the body. Uh, at one point you made like a very passing comment about hair. <laughs> so you said <laughs> this is a, a good day to get your hair done or not good day to get your hair. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was moon Libra, trine Venus, and then something about our hair. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I remember when I was first learning astrology and I would hear things like that, like, this is a good day to get your hair cut or not a good day. It was like, whoa, you can actually, you can actually study the planets and learn such minute practical things like that. That's incredible. Oh, minute. In fact, this is what we, when we're doing elections for people, people come to me for everything. You know, they want, they want to find out a day to buy a dog and you have to know all your rulers. And once you do, everything in the universe is connected. Like uh, those who are musicians know that the low C is, is the same as the high C on a different octave, like do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. So do and do, they're all related. <laughs> and so a strawberry, a sweet little fruit has a connection with Venus. Diamonds connected with Venus. Copper is ruled by Venus. Uh, pretty little girls and boys are ruled by Venus. Singing and, you know, the, the gentle arts and, and courtly love is under Venus. So whereas Mars rules sharp weapons, thorns on trees, things that projectiles, uh, men, young men in, you know, sports, eagles, you know, all things are related through a series of vibrations. Now, when you're talking about hair, now this is interesting. Hair is an antenna and it picks up. The reason why cats have whiskers, it picks up astrology, astrological vibrations. Now, you can test this yourself. Try to have a haircut on when the moon's in Aquarius. The hair will go really, you won't like usually like the result. It won't mind. It'll get kind of crazy. Moon in Aries, if you want that, you know, hedgehog type of haircut, you know, hair is going straight up, militant looking. Perfect. It'll work. Fix uh, Leo gives a nice head of hair. Aries gives a nice head of hair. You'll notice these, and you'll notice you you yourself will respond very differently on certain signs for haircuts, especially if you have real reactive hair. I have never found this to fail. <laughs> and so I always get my hair done on the same. I have very unruly hair. I never do the Aquarius moon. I'll look like Kramer for the rest of the month. <laughs> Not that I don't already, but um, I try to. I try certainly to... don't, Judy. <laughs> So which moon do you choose? I love, an, I find Aries and Leo moons always give me the haircut I want. Always. And Aquarius will be terrible. Mm. Now, now, if someone had Venus in Aquarius and liked a certain look, it may work. I'm talking general for most people. And then you have your natal chart, which is ever so important, as we know. 
So this is an amazing, amazing science, and you can get as my, into minutia. It's amazing. Judith, I, I, this is a little off topic for the weekly weather, but I always love to take advantage of opportunities when I have <laughs> legends like you on the show. And so I would love to ask you why you think astrology works. Like, wh- how does it work? Why does it work? Ah, there's lots of reasons for this. And there's been actually a lot of research. We can say that, and we can also say nobody knows for sure. But um, there's several ideas. The, the Jyotish have an idea that the planets emit cosmic color rays in a very fine matter, which we don't really see, and that these color rays have temperature and moisture and speed, and that they enter through either the back of the head. There's different views, and they come in through our chakras and nadis, and they influence our glands and our body. So if you get a little, like a radio signal that's very continuously, say, you know, hitting you in a certain spot, things happen. That's one theory. Burl Payne, the great physicist, had another theory. He said that the, the um, protons in the center of hydrogen atoms are free to wiggle around in any direction. And we are made out of mostly Hydrogen atoms, it's the most abundant atom, and it's one of the components of water. We are about, you know, 70, 80% water. And that the, uh, he, felt the, he felt that the planets influenced us through the water droplets on the planet. He studied astrology, and he did some remarkable experiments with this. So what we're breathing in, we breathe in a lot of water. And we drink water every day. We're made out of water. And this changes day to day because of the cosmic currents affecting so that the, the little, if things are allowed to, proton is allowed to twist around in any direction, it might fixate and produce a permanent planetary resonance pattern the moment you're born. So that the resonance of the planets all around you at the moment you're born are somehow imprinted somehow in us and form a starting point for all other cycles evermore in our lives. And that's our natal chart, which I always, I'm a great believer in the primacy of the natal chart in every use of astrology, including medical. Now, I believe there's something to do with resonance that the entire universe is really one. I'll give you one more, one more. The entire universe is really one. Now I'm looking at you and I think you're a separate being. And I think the chair is separate. And I think that, but when you, if, if you could actually see into atomic structure, there's really not much, we're all one thing. So the universe is just all alive producing all these forms. So if you look at, you know, someone's ear or tongue in Chinese medicine, you can tell all about their body. Because everything is reflecting everything. We could look, end up. We could learn, figure out how to look at the bottom of someone's shoe and tell all about them. Everything's reflecting everything. So if everything is really one, then we are. When we're born, we are a tiny fractal of the whole universe at the moment we were born. That somehow freezes in time, and then we just respond to everything. But we still have been given a guiding mind because we are individuals. And we are able to assess and make use of 
or reduce deficiency and excess of incoming planetary rays. Most of the time, there are times the social engulfing or the, the earthquake or something are too big for us. But humans are given a tremendous amount of directive power. And I'll end this little rant I'm on with um, a quote by Edgar Cayce. Edgar Cayce, the probably greatest psychic ever lived, the great, he did astrology readings, psychically, he did past life, he did history, he did medical. And when asked if it was good to study astrology, when he was in trance, he said, it is very, very, very good to study astrology, but in the light that you have decision power over your urges and over your emotions and over your own thoughts that the planets are somehow instigating. I don't have the, I'm paraphrasing him, but that you must study it. He said, you must study it arightly. It's very, very, very good as long as you study it arightly. He loved old English. And he said, that is in the light that you and your will have power over these planets. So do not let them control you. Oh, Wow, that is so powerful. I am so glad I asked you that question. <laughs> because I mean, at the end of the day, like we can we can look at the weekly weather, we can look at the monthly forecasts, we can look at the year ahead, we can do all these things, and all of it is so helpful to have the information we need in order to work with astrology rightly, right? To to allow it to actually empower us even more to have agency and choice and authority in our own lives and to really work with those energies in the best way that we can. Judith, I love the three different perspectives you just laid out for us on why it works. Cause so often we get in the weeds and we, we all are experiencing it in our lives. It's like, this is, there's a reason why you all tune in. It's like, there's something to this. I see it alive in my life. I see it being helpful, you know, as I understand myself and others, but how and why, <laughs> like, you know, sometimes just stepping back and really asking that big question of like, why does this even work? And, and, and what, what's the, and I don't even want to say mechanism. I, I made that mistake when speaking with uh, Richard Tarnas, I said, what's the mechanism by which astrology work works? And he corrected me and said, you know, I don't think it's mechanistic in that way. You know, it's, it's much more um, holistic than like a machine, like a, a you know, mechanistic thing. But Anyways, I, uh, I'm grateful for your answer. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I would say it's both. Mm. There's a mechanism behind it, and it's also holistic. <laughs> and, and there's different, it, it's something for everybody, but it is, you know, I, I'm a scientific, somewhat skeptical tendency person, mm -hmm. and I spent 10 years in the statistics of studying astrology. And, and I, I made my living at this for my entire life at a time when you you didn't make much money whatsoever. Yeah. And I did it because it worked and it was so helpful for people. It was incredible. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Judith. Well, mm -hmm. and also thank you for giving us the lay of the land of the week ahead. I don't think we ever came up with like a summary statement. If you had to choose one summary statement or word to describe the week, what would you say it is? I would say um, have your fun. <laughs> until until uh, Mars goes into Taurus the, the uh, night of the 4th and then be prepared to uh, you know get your house in order and and your accounting in order and can and bake and get your garden nice and and pay more attention to what's going on in, in your family and home and mm. more practical focus again 
but make sure that toxins aren't building in the system after that point. Move the energy. Yeah. Keep it, keep it moving. At one point you said help the adrenals and the glands to actually, you know, release energy. And, um, I love, uh, uh, what's it called? Is it Bagua? What, what the, you know, with the stones, I can't remember what it's called. You don't know what I'm talking about either. Okay. Anyways, there's, there's these, um, stones that you can use to actually like stimulate the lymph nodes and move, move the the fluids through your body. Yes. It's a very Um, lymphatic cloggy time astrologically after the fourth for a very strong for probably definitely about two weeks, but it could go on throughout Mars and Taurus because cancer's cloggy too. Yeah. Well, if any of you are interested in deep diving with Judith, definitely check out her Academy for Astrological Medicine. We also are running a special right this minute on the mastery class that Judith did with us when she was an inner circle astrologer. It's uh, the mastery class was transits from a medical perspective by Judith. And so that is available. Now we're doing a little 4th of July uh, promotion. So you can get that. um, We sent you an email and we sent it on Saturday, the second. So look for an email from us and in there you'll get discount codes and more information about Judith's class. If you do want to take it, the promotion only runs through July 5th. So make sure you jump on that right away. And Judith, uh, I hope people check you out. We need more people who understand medical astrology. So I love when I hear about our students jumping into your school or just really diving deep with it because I think the world needs a lot more people who understand these in this interconnectivity. Oh, thank you. And, and I can remind people I have several books on uh, this subject on medical astrology and lunar nodes and vocational astrology. I've got many, many books and uh, you can see those um, at my private website, uh, judithillastrology.com. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much for being here. I mean, I could do a little summary, but I feel like we we got it. Like, there. Let me just see if there's a few things that like really that I feel. I mean, basically, this ingress um, is a, is a big deal. That the double ingress. We have the quarter moon on July sixth, which may bring out um, swelling, hormonal difficulty with menstrual cycle. We also have the eighth and ninth situation. <laughs> Um, so allowing to gently, uh, like assist excretion, you're saying, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I also want to ask you, why is eight a Scorpio number? Because it's the eighth sign and, and then eight is the Ouroboros, the snake that, that eats its own tail mm-hmm. and that's Scorpio. So it's death and rebirth, death and rebirth. Ah, so I love that. And, and does every number have symbology that also relates to astrology like that? It can, if you look at it that way. I'd say, mm-hmm. though, the absolutely obvious one is Scorpio, though. Okay, nice. Okay. Uh, we have Moon Square Saturn. Uh, this is happening on the 9th as well, I believe. Don't mm-hmm. try and convince family about political things. <laughs> we have enough <laughs> political angst happening. We don't need to like stir the pot there. Doing good for others. The energy is going out, not in. So this isn't a great time to start big, huge projects or like try to make some big outward push. It's really more about giving. It's more internal. Take it easy, sleep, rest, budget. That's another thing that I wrote down as a good thing to do this week. It's definitely a good time to just kind of 
do some internal housekeeping and getting on top of things that need to be corralled is, yeah, is where I, I was hearing you. One I missed, the fourth and the fifth are your best days for budgeting, yoga. The fifth is really good for yoga. Buying clothes, taking care of everything practical or doing any home crafty stuff, even, you know, just, you know, canning vegetables. Fourth and fifth, those are your hyper practical days, but really good for yoga, Tai Chi too. Nice. Um, See, yeah. I mean, how specific is that? It's amazing. And it, it just, it blows my mind all the time. Judith, thank you so much for dedicating your life to this study and especially during times where people were getting thrown into jail for studying astrology. People were totally on the outcast of society for, for being astrologers. And it's people like you who have enabled us to now be able to come together in community online, have these very open discussions about astrology. And you've also been a part of the, the group of people who are really reconnecting us to the, the roots of astrology and helping us to bring that into modern times and apply it in our lives. And I'm, I am for one, very, very, very grateful for you and just the wealth of information that you bring to all of us. So thank you. And I'm so honored that you're here on our platform. So thank oh. you for coming, for sharing. We always love having you. You are, the door is open for any time that you want to come back. And um, we just love you, Judith. Thank you. Well, I love being here. And thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me, Amanda. I mean, this, this has been really lovely. And Great. it always works so smooth between us too. We always do It well. really does. I think we must be uh, just trying. To, yeah. to each other or sextile. We're just yeah. trying or sextile, whatever that is. <laughs> harmonious. All right. You were harmonious. Yes. And thanks to all of you for being here. Thank you for your curiosity. Thank you for being interested. Thank you for wondering about these things. Like how is my life connected to the cosmos? How can I apply these things in my life? I think these kinds of questions is what, uh, at least for me personally, it has enriched my life on such, such deep levels because you see how deep it goes. It's like when, when Judith is talking about how this works, I mean, this is extraordinarily um, metaphysical, spiritual. Um, you know, it just goes far beyond the mundane application. And it also includes the mundane application, which is, which is amazing. So it's all of it. And just thank you for being here. We love having you in our community. And thank you as always for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.